This is the Blockade Podcast with your hosts, Chris and Jared. Wizardamusement.com, the site to visit for custom pinball shooter rods. Easy to install, totally unique. Mention Blockade Podcast for 10% off your order. Wizardamusement.com, sales, restoration, customization. Psst. Hey, you know what? Yeah, come here, kid. You. Yeah, come to my van. I got some candy. While you're in there, you can listen to the Blockade Podcast with your host, Shut Your Trap, that'd be me, a.k.a. Chris Freebus, and Jared Morgan. Hello, and do not want your candy. <laughs> it's good candy, though. <laughs> Again, I don't want your brand of candy. <laughs> There's no razor blades in it, I swear. Oh, that's always a good thing. <laughs> Positive. Safety candy. <laughs> when candy goes bad. Um, <laughs> hello, everybody, and uh, welcome to another week of, of uh, nonsense that is usually pinball-related, but uh, oftentimes not. <laughs> yeah, just case in point. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, <laughs> it makes me think about uh, the other day on, on set, uh, all of a sudden there was these you know, heart-shaped boxes with chocolates inside of them. And I was like, oh, yeah. it's not Valentine's Day. And then I went, something tells me the craft service lady went to the store and got some discount chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> Clever craft services lady. Is all right? Some, some chocolate went on clearance and she went, yeah, I think I can scoop this up and it'll get eaten. And sure enough, it got eaten really fast. <laughs> mm. Who can't say no to free chocolate? I mean, seriously. And, and lucky for me, because I didn't get there until uh, most of the boxes were empty, but uh, people left dark chocolate, and I like some dark chocolate. That's the best. That's the MVP of chocolate right there. Like, that is you the best. Especially when you're talking about these, uh, you know, C's candy-like boxes. Um, I don't, you know, milk chocolate is fine, but I don't really care for it when it's got stuff jammed inside of it, you know, like those. But the dark chocolate, ooh, good flavors. Yep. It's like anything with dark chocolate in it. Whatever's inside it is even better. It's like making a toasted sandwich or a jaffle. You know, it turns boring <laughs> cheese and ham into something amazing when you heat it up. Well, it's the same with black chocolate and dark chocolate. Yeah, it's amazing how many people absolutely can't stand dark chocolate. And I don't understand why they can't stand it, but they're lost in my game. That's all I yes. can say. Your game, <laughs> both in the mouth and in the waist. <laughs> yeah, everywhere that's important. Exactly. Um, yeah. So... We have a, uh, a a bit of a correction to make, and this is where we say thank you to our listeners because sometimes me and Jared like to spout off about things that we know absolutely nothing about, yes. <laughs> and then people the come back to us and show, go, "Actually, yes, yeah. yes, it is a prime feature of the show." <laughs> and then people go, um, "You know, it's nice and all that you're talking straight out of your butt, but I'm not finished, but." <laughs> <laughs> So, Jared, please, uh, please inform the the fine listeners what we made an error in and uh, what the correction is. Okay, so in the last podcast we uh, podcast we did, well, actually, it wasn't even the last one. It was Blocker eighty eight, all about Arcuda and the back glass uh, mod. We're talking about um, uh, the quote unquote what we called it the the camera mod thingy. <laughs> 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 so technically, in the show. And um, we had some feedback ab about that. First of all, the feedback was, you're wrong. And secondly, they actually helped us understand why. 
So the, the feedback, the first piece of feedback we got was from VFP Coder. And he actually says the name, which is no X camera mod. Thank you, VFP Coder, for that. Um, yeah, in the show, we suggested that the um, the camera mod didn't really support um, DMD support or true DMD support for cabinets. But um, he or she, VFP Coder, um, clarifies that, uh, in fact, with the current version of the mod, uh, the DMB, DMD is actually movable and resizable and can be placed on any monitor available to uh, or inside the cabinet. Um, but he does go to mention that um, the back glass is just a static PNG. So any sort of cool, flashy back glasses at this stage is, is not possible with NoX. But it sounds like you've got something pretty close to it With if you actually use NoX um, on Steam. So that's pretty cool. OK. Hmm. The other one was uh, Silver Balls, regular listener, high Silver Balls. Um, he actually says that using um, Freezy's DMD text and no access board, you can actually use a real DMD as well. Um, so you can get it. It just takes a little bit of um, and configuring your system to do it, but it's possible. So that's pretty exciting Okay. Uh, for those um, homebrew cabinet modders. Um, now, Silverball also adds that um, Pro Pinball also can be used with three screens um, or a real DMD if you want as well. Um, they've also got the, this is on Steam, they've also got the advantage of um, providing a messaging interface, which allows all the game events to work with a, a real pinball hardware. So things like plungers and tilt mechanisms, like digital tilt and stuff like that. So it all integrates really nicely. That's really cool. But what Silverball notes is that the one big letdown um, from the final Pro Pinball release was that the um, the cab view isn't really a proper render. So what he means by that, it's actually a software a software adjusted view um, of one of the other renders. And the result of that, because it's an adjusted view, is that the upper play field is really, really blurred. Um, what he hopes is that they'll actually release a real render at some point, um, because he makes a note of um, backing the game at a high tier. Um, but he also notes that if they end up only providing, they being um, Pope Pinball, only provide a good cab render for a CUDA, uh, that will likely annoy, he uses another word for that, um, <laughs> a, a lot of people. Um, and uh, thanks for the show feedback, mate. You also quite enjoyed that, that episode, so that was good. So thanks for that, mate. Um, and that is it as far as show feedback goes from the uh, forum. Did you see anything on Twitter or anything, mate? No, I didn't. Um, I was just going to comment. That does make sense regarding uh, Pro Pinball with uh, that adjusted view because one of the key differences between Pro Pinball and uh, Pinball Arcade and Zen Pinball is that uh, whereas the latter two are rendering 3D images, uh, Pro Pinball used, wasn't it static images? Um, yeah, pre-rendering. Pre-rendering, right. And therefore, if you try to do an alternate view and the pre-render didn't exist, then, yeah, it would be it would be all jacked up. Yeah, that's right. It's got to be a specific render, which, which is interesting from the Arcuda perspective because they're basically going to have to do a completely separate rendering run. And I know that in the past, when we were actually waiting for Pro Pinball to come out, um, it was pretty much the main reason why the delays were happening because rendering was just taking so long on the hardware they had. 
Hmm. So it's going to be interesting to see when Arcuda actually decides to officially release this onto the platform. I mean, we, we really don't even know how much the platform is going to cost. So it, I think it is pretty early days yet. So I think they're lining everything up. Yeah. And when they when they get things done, they'll actually talk about it more. So there you go, folks. Uh, call us on our BS and uh, we'll respond in kind. <laughs> yeah. Um, and deliver you more BS <laughs> this episode more than likely. That you can come yeah, with the next um, time. Just keep the circle flowing. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let's uh, let's uh, pivot here and uh, go a little geek on uh, on the TV front here, Jared. And okay. that is uh, there's been uh, there's some Doctor Who news. Oh, is there? What's going on? There is. There is. So it uh, turns out that uh, Peter Capaldi was on uh, some radio show, I believe, and just casually was like, "Oh yeah, well, this is my last season." <laughs> oh, which, when everyone went, uh, right, exactly. Um, you know, the, the, the show host was just kind of like, wait, wait, can we, can we back up and uh, touch upon this a little bit more? So yeah. So Capaldi's, uh, and it's not surprising because it seems like virtually all the, the doctors have only done three seasons. I don't know if there, anybody's gone longer, um, with the, with so. the modern, the modern era who, uh, so anyway, this has gotten people going into mad speculation as to who the next doctor will probably be. And so obviously uh, there's all sorts of uh, names being bandied about, but this is what caught my attention, Jared, mm -hmm. your company, Ladbrokes. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently you can bet on this. Oh, and there's a market is there. <laughs> there is. And the current trend is that they're actually going to cast their first female as a doctor. Mm -hmm. And that being the actress Tilda Swinton, and the odds are currently, as provided by your company, I believe seven to two. <laughs> okay, that's uh, kind of seems kind of strong. I don't really we we don't really do fractional odds, which is what those are. Because mm. um, <clears throat> Labrics UK, being in England, they um, always do fractional odds rather than decimal odds, which is what most of the other um, what we're used to um in that sort of thing but seven to two seems pretty good um i was kind of thinking that when you were actually talking about it then going you know it's probably about time that they looked at doing a female doctor you know um or something like that or maybe i don't know even a black doctor yeah you know? well is, is, so, is it going with somebody like tillis winton who is very androgynous in her look um hmm. very quirky also it, it as soon Perfect as I fit. heard it, I just kind of went, wow, that's a good fit. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Perfect um, fit. That's you great. can do some very interesting, not only that, but because of the the way she looks, you could you could kind of play with gender swapping left and right. Oh, um, really? Interesting. Well, I mean, because there's been, I'm trying to think what movie, um, I think it was Snowpiercer that she was in, that she was playing a guy. Oh, Really? <laughs> Or is it, wow. I, I might be wrong on that, but there was one movie I know that, that she played a guy. Um, if you've ever seen Constantine, she's the Archangel yep. Gabriel, I believe. Oh, um, right. Right. Okay. So it, it's, it's really kind of an interesting thought to just kind of put somebody that's very gender neutral in their appearance um, and let the doctor play off of that. And that way, that I don't know, is. it kind of opened up some storylines, I believe. That is very interesting indeed. Of course it would. Huh. 
piss the hell out of Trump and he'd probably ban it from uh, being aired in the America. But, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, he's a mouth breather, so who cares about him? Exactly. Um, so, yeah, that, I thought that was an interesting little uh, piece of geek news that popped up this week. Very interesting. Back to some pinball. So, mm. this week, Farsight dropped on us the uh, next table, that being Cactus Jacks. Yeah. And to all of you that were screaming, hey, there are still some good Gottliebs out there. One of them is Cactus Jacks. To you, I say, F off. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I was, was going to see what you're Only about was. five minutes of listening to polka music was more than enough for me and going, so there's like two shots on this table? We? <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, what is it that left sort of ramp that curls around, which is like fun yep. for the first five shots. You go, oh, that's cool. It's like inverts, cool. And then you've got the other big ramp, which is basically like the um, <laughs> I, I I'll continue with this thread, then go back to that one later. Park that. Um, <laughs> so yeah, the other ramp, which just leads up to the top and drops through the holes again. And and is it just me or is the bonus multiplier lights completely and utterly a mind frack to you. The fact no, that I figured them out. I figured them out. So yeah, I just went. Okay, so let's let's just start this. I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, lest we think that we're bagging on Farsight. Um, apart from their choice of the table, we can bag on that all we want. But uh, mm. as is as is part of the course these days with Farsight, um, they're handling the graphics on these tables wonderfully. Um, it's a very vibrant oh, yeah. looking, very vibrant looking table. Um, it looks really good. The saturation really, is great. Yeah. 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 The, uh, the dancing characters on it look great. Um, so yeah, no, really, really good job on, on their part, but let's bag on a Gottlieb premiere, shall we? Cause we love doing that. Yeah. That's um, right. <laughs> so, okay. The the show. <laughs> yeah. For, for those that aren't aware with Cactus Jack in the uh, center of the play field, there is a whole bunch of rings of colored lights to do a wonderful dancey light show, which Gottlieb seems to think would be the end-all, be-all, because um, they've done blinky light shows on Going Nuts and blinky light shows on uh, Class of 1812, and you just kind of go, great, so you know how to sequence lights, now make them do something interesting. So with these lights in the center of the play field, what they are really is the multiplier lights is what I finally figured out. So when you get two times oh. multiplier, the outer ring is lit completely. When you get three times, then the next ring in until you finally get the center uh, to glow. Okay. Not that I've gotten that far, but I <laughs> once I figured out that, oh, hey, I just got three time multiplier and now that ring is lit up. Great. What I wished it had done is because there's all, I don't know, guy, how many... How many insert lights do you think that is? Probably twenty. Oh, just so many. On the, you know, least. just for the outer ring. Yeah, it'd be. I wish a big they, matrix, a sub matrix board. I think. Yeah, I wish what they had done was that you have to build up all those lights all the way around. Once you build them up all the way around, boom! Now you go into the next level. Mm -hmm. um, kind of a. Uh, an, a light sequencing version of drop targets almost. I don't know. Um, I was really kind of disappointed that it was just like, really? That's 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 it? That's, that's a you lot just of, have blinky light show. Great. A lot of um, playfield real estate just to take up with that. Like yeah. uh hmm. I also don't like the fact that 
you launch the ball and pretty much immediately can get multi-ball. There's no yeah. challenge to getting multi-ball. Nope. Pretty much just punch into that hole and you're done. And yeah. lighting multi-ball is just a shoot to the through the left orbit. So you hit the target just above the, the right of the rollover lanes. And that lights your multi-ball again. Like yeah. it's about as hard to relight as um, space shuttles multi-ball. Like right. lock two balls and you're done. So, right. yeah. In um, fact, it's even easier. And then there's and then there's just the I don't know, I don't know which is worse the music or the or the shout out guy <laughs> the, me the Mexican shout out guy using it's air it, quotes there yeah, yeah it's it's pretty just terrible <laughs> I could and see it, I was gonna say I could see a lot of references in that game um, flowing over into um, Cube Ball Wizard um, right just everywhere. Um, so yeah, yeah. Well, that's that one mystery. That one mystery curtain level on uh, uh, Cue Ball Wizard is directed. Yeah, yeah. And then there's, I think there were a couple of other callouts here and there. I'm even looking at that ramp, that right ramp, and it's almost in the same position as um, Cue Ball Wizard. If mm -hmm. you look at it, like it's it's geom geometrically almost the same. So yeah, yeah. You might as well call it um, Cactus Jacks 2, which is cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of funny because when I was first playing a visual pinball and just downloading tables left and right, mm. I downloaded both Cactus Jacks and Cactus Canyon. So you can see why I was I was a little bit confused when I downloaded it. I was like, okay, Cactus Canyon, Cactus Jacks. I was like, one of these is good, one of these I don't like. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember that I, I started playing Cactus Canyon or Cactus Jacks and going, okay, this is whatever. And then I'd play Cactus Canyon like, oh yeah, 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 this is the one I like. And then, you know, a couple of weeks had passed by and I'd be playing all sorts of other tables and then I'd come back, oh, wait, which, which one's the one that I'd like to get? Because I hadn't played either of them in the arcade ever. Um, yeah. at that point so cactus something <laughs> or other yeah cactus which which cactus is it that it's enjoyable and which cactus blows um, <laughs> it only takes about 30 seconds to figure it out <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, you just load it and you will realize which one it is yes <laughs> so uh, i do like um, i was gonna say i do like on mobile how uh, fast i've actually Instead of putting the the HUD underneath the the alphanumerics for on mobile, they've actually put it down the left, the right hand side. Oh. So it actually uses all this this upper real estate that's just not used anyhow, mm -hmm. and gives you a bit more real estate at the top. And that was really good. I like that. And on mobile, for the probably the first time since I think it might have been uh, Hurricane, where oh no, it might have been some of the EMs. Um, where they implemented lights like GI effects. Yeah. Well, they've actually put GI effects in for this uh, okay. table, and I've got to say, it completely it makes the table quite look quite good when they trigger. I don't know how they would have yeah. done it, but there might just be a layer that turns on and off. But it looks really effective. Mm -hmm. um, so it yeah, really nice job on that. Like again. The, the quality of the conversion of this table uh, and the tech that they put into it, it really actually does make it probably one of the more, I guess, better realized versions of the original, not necessarily yeah. from a, you know, 
a desirability perspective, but from an implementation perspective, I think it's really quite solid. God, if only Farsight could have, uh, you know, done the first two seasons of nothing but Gottlieb's and worked out all the kinks so that then we get the benefit of the, all those awesome <laughs> season one and two tables oh, that yeah. <laughs> realized the way they should be realized instead of the way that we're stuck with them. <laughs> oh, God. I really wish they could just go back and go, you know what? It's time to, to, to do a lessons learned on all those ones, but oh. we've already discussed this multiple times and there's pretty low likelihood that's ever going to happen. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause I, I, I doubt that the Farsight employees are sitting there going, Hey, uh, what do you say we boot up some season one and play it? And, and then they go, Oh no, that's not very good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're always looking like it, I reckon they never in their Twitch streams go back through an old table, which is weird, isn't it? Because you would think that it might be worthwhile them doing like a weekly Twitch where they go and do a playthrough of some of the older tables and actually right. show them off and actually, you know, just do it like a weekly promo basically and keep the, keep the viewers on Twitch and watching the stream. So right. I don't know. It seems um, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, what else was like? Oh, you know what I was going to say was this is now the second to last uh, table for uh, this season of uh, Farsight. And I guess in the Twitch stream, they did say that the next table will be a Bally or Williams. People tried to press them on if it's a DMD table or an alphanumeric, and they were shy about that. They, mm. I guess, uh, mentioned people have been wanting Johnny Mnemonic and uh, I'm not sure what demolition man or not. And then they said, Hey, what do you people think about Congo? Um, so now <laughs> <laughs> after we were talking about it last week, right? Uh, did... <laughs> it would have gone, well, gee, Blackade said that it was a terrible game. So we should totally do that one. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I thought that was, it was like, well, well, I haven't gotten the newsletter yet. Usually we would have had the newsletter, um, so that we could uh, take a guesses. <laughs> we'll have the newsletter probably tomorrow when they, um, or maybe next week when they officially release on mobile. Um, right. Because it's still in the final beta test. I think we're up to like a V5 of the beta in Android at the moment, which is a long beta. Oh. Yeah. Like normally it's like V3 max and then it's out, but this is right. like V5. Yeah. Interesting. Um, there's been another beta going on as well. Um, which has been interesting. Um, and that's the, on Android at least, uh, Stern Pinball. Um, oh, okay. I have to say that there's, uh, compared to the version that was originally released, compared to the version now, uh, there's been a fair bit of fixing going on. There has. There's um, still some fixing it, to go on. <laughs> yes, there definitely is. But the fact is it's actually playable now on yeah. uh, K1 Tegra devices, which is kind of nice. Um, in the beta and uh, controller support seems to be implemented slightly, which is good. Um, for example, a Mustang, you couldn't actually select the uh, the songs and the modes separately um, on the table. Um, you still can't, unfortunately, with the touchscreen. And I think the reason for that is that they're actually going to have to think about a way to allow both flippers to be accessed when the ball is in the plunger lane, which has actually never been a problem before on pimple tables with the current button mapping and touch yeah. mapping. So 
it's a new challenge that they're going to have to overcome and they, they are having a we're trying to work out the best way to do it in the beta at the moment but there's it's already a pretty overloaded sort of um, touch interface anyhow so mm. it might only be that we allow flipper button action in certain zones um, during the ball when the ball's in the shoot lane it's gonna it's gonna take some experimentation but if you play with a controller everything works as it should so um hot tip play with the controller (laughs) (laughs) i was messing around with it uh, a bit uh this week and one of the unfortunate things that i noticed and this is where it's like you guys still got to fix that um i was playing with the ambient room light oh yeah and which when normally when i play uh tpa i have the ambient room light down to about 20 percent right i don't like it pitch black um because too much of the table goes dark I do like to yes. be able to identify some things. I mean, yes, it's pretty for a light show, but it does not make for fun playing. At twenty percent, no. the lights really show off, but you can still see um, what you need to see. Yes. Um, with Stern Pinball app, I have the ambient light all the way to zero, and it looks as if I have it set to more like thirty percent, thirty thirty-five percent. All right. Okay. TPA. So I, that really bums me out that you can't make the room go black, basically. Because um, mm. some of those light shows on the later tables, boy, they are exactly, impressive. Exactly. Yeah. You want to be, you know, based off of my experience of playing uh, Last Action Hero uh, a couple months back in the dark and just how blazingly blinding that table was uh, with its mm. uh, flashers, you know, I want to try and recreate that experience. And you, you can't do that. Um, as of yet. So it'd be nice if they could uh, still adjust your tweak their lighting some more, make it so you can go darker. Um, I also, some tables they got it down, some tables they don't. They have an issue sometimes where they just make the inserts uh, too hot. Um, mm. It blows out the text basically that is written on them. And yep if you turn down the brightness of the lights to the point that you can read the text, well, then all of a sudden you lose the flasher effects um, that would cause the blinding. So I really wish that they would, uh, uh, they'd almost have to do it on a case-by-case basis, I think. Because some lights mm-hmm. look good, and then other lights on the table don't look good. And it's like, well, you know, my, my go-to one that always has been an issue in TPA has been No Good Gophers. And oh, the, uh, the Sand Trap light, which is unreadable at any lighting level. You you can turn the lights all the way off, and it's still unreadable. Um, they never did a good job on the text on that. Yeah. And once they throw an insert light underneath it, it, it just it blows out, and you can't read it. Um, I, f- I found the same on, um, uh, I think it's Safecracker, the lock light, which traditionally would be a green light, but mm-hmm. on Safecracker, it's actually an orange light with white text on it. And I was playing it. I just decided to do a random table pick, and it came up today um, before the show. And um, I, I couldn't, if I didn't know what it was, and I hadn't been paying attention to what that insert was, I, I couldn't tell what it was at all. Right. It's just this big yellow light. So it's funny because I was, I was switching between, say, something like Cactus Jacks, yeah. and then I switched to Safecracker, and I could I could see the quality difference yeah. in the in the images like it, it's it was quite apparent to see just the difference in playfield capture quality 
Yeah. Um, and, you know, back in the day, I th actually thought that, you know, Safecracker was actually a pretty excellent um, uh, realization of the game. But looking back at it now, even in that era and that season, which I think was five um, for memory or four, I think it was five. Four. Wait, because we're in Safe. season six. Six right now. Yeah, I think it might have been four. I think it was four. I yeah. think it was the end of four. Because four was when the quality really started to get dialed up a bit as far as um, capture goes. Yeah. And, yeah, it was pretty good back then. I was I was pretty happy as a fan of the game um, to to get that quality. But, yeah, compared to season six, it's it even now it looks aged. So that's it's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, it is, and and then something like with Cactus Jacks, I was noticing at the uh, at the very top of the playfield where there's the uh, the rollovers, there is mm -hmm. like a uh, piece of plastic over the top of that, a clear piece of plastic. Yeah. Um. Well, it's obscuring the ability to tell if those uh, lanes are lit or not. Oh, really? Yeah, it's, and it's so it's not an Android. It, I can find. I can play it fine on Android. Yeah, so it's one of those things where it's like, hey guys, pump up the volume on on those lights up there so we can actually tell if they're lit or not. Um, but see, again, they're doing a an entire lighting pass for the entire playfield without, I don't think, ever looking at it in game and going, yeah. okay, this light's too hot. This light needs to come, you know, be brought down again. Um, so yeah, that's the kind of thing that they need to do. Um, speaking of lights that got fixed, we mentioned a couple of weeks ago that. Uh, Big Shots had a, a lighting pass. They fixed a lot of the, the issues on that. Okay. Uh, or it was in the show notes, or in, not in the show notes, it was in the newsletter, is what you pointed out that they'd... Uh, oh, yes. That's right. They did a pass on it. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So I went and I took a look. Oh, yeah. Big improvement. Oh, yeah? Big improvement. So the main thing that I always noticed was when you would, uh, if you lit the eight ball, it was always dim until yep. you lit about half of the other balls and then all of a sudden would go to full strength. Um, ah. Also, the lights had a, uh, a a color kind of casting onto the ball. So if the ball passed over it, the light glowed on top of the ball, which oh, was yes. physically impossible. Um, yes. So that's been corrected. All the lights now shine nice and bright um, with the... Uh, uh, the way they should. So yeah, they did it. They did a really nice pass on, on big shots, uh, improved it much, much. And you think about it, it's such a simple table. There's not much to fix on it. So it was nice That's to right. see that at least it, they got the proper fix going on there. And you really got to do it with those, with the EM tables in particular, where it's all about, the, I guess the art and the play field and how the lights interact with the ball. You, you don't get distracted by any other bells and whistles. It's just you, right. the ball and the play field. So it's going to be spot on at all times. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, so there was one other thing that I was going to mention about Farsight, I believe. Unfortunately, it's escaping me. So <laughs> it'll, it'll come to me. I'm sure of that. Um, yeah. Just not at the moment. No. <laughs> And now Jared will dance. Oh, um, <laughs> <laughs> yes, I will. I've been running up. It's a radio. I'm show. on my. It's a radio. No one can see anything. <laughs> yeah. Time for more tea. Uh, um, 
What else was I going to mention? Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I was going to say I'm, I'm highly disappointed. Nobody wanted to contribute to our game of last week, which was uh, what movies were uh, worse than the tables that uh, then wound up getting the license for. Hmm. No good. No good. What's wrong with you people? You're not yeah, helping out. <laughs> it's a fun game. It's a fun game to play because, let's be serious, there's plenty of Dutter East and... Um, and uh, What's the other one? Sega and Gottlieb in there that, you know, are pretty mm, borderline or way better than the movie in some case. So, or the TV show, like, <laughs> come on, Baywatch. That's a great pin compared to the TV show. <laughs> I've never played yeah, Baywatch and people do rave about it. And the missions on it are just about as deep as the plot lines in each of the shows. So, you know, really, <laughs> it's, it's a fantastic remake of the game. It's awesome. Uh, and then there's, there's things like, uh, RoboCup, which is a absolute terrible table and a brilliant movie. <laughs> exactly <laughs> so, right. You know, so, you know, we'll invite you guys again to do it, to get on there, get in there and submit your list. You can do it on the forum or send us an email, probably not on Twitter because it's a bit tough, a bit uh, tough on but Twitter, go, but, uh, yeah, go back to check the out previous TV episode. Yeah, tvtropes.org, yeah. and uh, do a little uh, search for pinball there, and it'll probably come up with a list of all the uh, all licensed pinball tables. Or if you want to be slack, you can go to the previous episode on uh, blackapinball.com and look at the show notes, because I put it in there. Exactly. Hey, um, we had a, <laughs> we have a, a listener. His name is Graham Best, and he has uh, provided me and Jared with a whole host of show ideas. Um, sorry, Graham, that we don't uh, get to your whole gigantic list. <laughs> we'll, we'll see what uh, what works with us, what doesn't, and uh, what strikes our fancy when we want to hit upon it. He had a whole uh, list of things to do for uh, Valentine's Day, actually. Mm. Uh, all about kind of, uh, kind of Valentine's to pinball, you might say, how you fall in love with it. But one of the things that he mentioned was uh, how do you deal with your spouse? and your pinball addiction. Mm. So <laughs> my wife wound up, and I, I'm kind of, me and Jared were having a conversation after show about this. My wife overheard it. And so after we got off the air, she was like, well, hey, let me tell you, <laughs> as somebody that has to deal <laughs> with you with pinball addiction. <laughs> and it was kind of interesting. And Jared, you can tell me if your wife is of a, a, a similar mindset, but my wife goes, A, I know where you are. You're playing pinball. <laughs> B, there's a lot worse things you can spend your money on. You could be gambling all your money away. You could be uh, you know, going to the bar and drinking your money away. She's like, this, I, it's just pinball. It's safe and harmless, and for the most part, I do it here at home. So there's that. Um, there, there is that, yeah. Exactly. Um, you know, for the most part, it's on, on the computer. And uh, that's easy enough to deal with other than times yeah. when she's like, can I please use the computer? No, I'm playing. Um, <laughs> I'm doing very important research. Very important. Exactly. <laughs> um, one of the, one of the things that became uh, the me and Jared have a hard time commenting on is what about the footprint um, mm. with owning a table? Cause <laughs> not in Jared's world. His is mobile. <laughs> um, yeah. My footprint is my my size twelves, basically. That's my footprint. 
and 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 for myself you know with the firepower that i own it's it's out in the garage um so it's in not enough in, in pieces yes it's yeah. not an obtrusive footprint um as much as i would i don't know i keep on i always look around the house going where could one go where could one go and and it was the point that i brought up with my wife i said you know some of these people's houses that i go over to you walk in the front door and their living room is just machines Full there's no couch there's yeah. no tables it's just pinball machines and that can be a little uh, disconcerting no doubt um mm. yeah when, you know, when you don't have a dead when you don't have you know because other guys they have a room that is it looks like an arcade you know it's, mm. it's set up it's decorated it's separate um you know it's, it's like the back of the house bar. you might say it's like their bar except it's their exactly pool room essentially but it's a pinball room exactly I don't know. I think I think if you ever having a hard time convincing your significant other uh, to understand your pinball addiction, you know, maybe that's something you can take an angle on. <laughs> it's like, yeah, well, you know, for the most part, I'm here. Exactly. Um, There's worse things I could be doing. That's how you started off with. There's worse things I could be doing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, my, my wife just pointed out. Uh, it also keeps me out of her hair. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty good. I mean, the. The other things, for from my perspective, it's pretty low key because most of the time I'm just sitting in front of the TV on my mm -hmm. tablet, playing mm -hmm. the odd game of pinball when I feel like it. Right. Uh, intermingle between the other things that I do as well, um, and really the only other bit of pinball thing that I do regularly is the show. So that's only like right. an hour, hour or so uh, a week, and that's fine. The um, the the biggest I guess investment which takes me away from home is the tournament. Yes, um, which you just had one. Oh yes, we did. We we went to the the new venue, which is this uh, the one and only um, arcade here in Brisbane called Netherworld Arcade. Um, what these guys did is they they took over this really dodgy old sort of what we call an old man's bar here. <laughs> okay, they're just like all, like all the old old codgers just propping up bar. And it was great. The guys who show horrible. up with the way for the bar to open at 6 a.m. and uh, promptly sit down and don't leave until uh, midnight. <laughs> yeah. It just it just was really grotty, which sort of it, the suburb that it's in is a, a sort of just an outer city room suburb called Fortitude Valley. And it is, generally speaking, a pretty dodgy suburb, anyhow. Not dodgy that you're going to get killed, but just it's got this real sort of like grungy feel to it. Um, but this place is fantastic. They just basically. Um, they've kept sort of like the the main uh, configuration of the bar, but they put all these um, uh, craft brews on the taps, and they've got brewed sodas as well instead of like post mix. So you can have like okay. a a brewed ginger beer, and it's all that really nice stuff. And um, it it comes with unfortunately um, the the prices of the beer is is uh, is high because <laughs> they're um, they're craft. So normally. At the previous place we were at at Greenslows, it was a bowls club and a uh, lawn bowls club, and it was the uh, <laughs> classic nineteen seventies prices for beer. Right. Um, so it was great, but this place is like you know nine dollars for a schooner um, of beer. It's expensive, um, but it's sort of one of those things of quality over quantity, um, and it's really How's prices on their tables. Then good, a dollar, a dollar a play. Okay, which is, so there you go. Which, which is fine, and it's really Please clever see. how they've actually done it. Yeah, um, the the bar itself doesn't own any of the pinballs; they're all from hobbyist operators around Brisbane, and oh. they have like a network of them. 
And all they do okay. is they, they bring their pinball machine from their home, put it on site. Um, Netherworld have a, um, a big box full of coin mechs, which um, accept both uh, dollar coins and the Netherworld tokens, which I tweeted out. If anyone wants to see them, they're very cool. They've got a um, the Netherworld demon on one side, and on the other side, they have a uh, for amusement only no booze value um, <laughs> on them. It's they're really really good branding on on the tokens, and uh, apparently one of the uh, co co owners said that they've been turning up in tip jars all over Brisbane. <laughs> so <laughs> they're good marketing, very clever. So yeah, they basically the tokens are about the similar in weight to a um, a 50 euro coin um so they're able to use all the all the pinball machines that generally come over here or european machines and they all come with coin mechs in them mm -hmm. and most of them are 50 euro mechs so normally they just get chucked in the bin but all the operators that have a big pile of these netherworld just grab them and they've made their tokens exactly the same weight um, or, or very close to it so that the mechs will take it and it's such a great way of reusing them um so the people uh, the, the people drop off their tables. Uh, Netherworld uh, obviously profits from them, but they're also kicking uh, some money back to the operators, yeah, or the owners. Absolutely, yeah. They it's basically just a good old profit share arrangement. I don't know what the percentage is, but yeah, come um, the guys that are at the league have were owners of the tables, and they said, oh yeah, they look after us okay. Um, so yeah, I, I guess it's good for the bar because they get to like bring people in and they will buy food and drink. Mm -hmm. And uh, the guys who just had you know, tables languishing in their home collections actually get to put them out on the side and pay for a bit of spare parts. I was going to say, that's that's the key right there. It's like, hey, why not generate a little revenue uh, for yourself and then you can go buy a new pin and <laughs> put another one a on site. Operator. Exactly. Yeah. And um, people have been commenting just how great the rotation is on the tables. And yeah. talking to one of the owners, he said, yeah, that's not really by by choice it's the fact that these tables are getting hammered so much that yeah. we physically have to get them out of here and get another one in so they can be shopped oh, because God. they're getting that much play like they're getting thousands and thousands of plays wow these tables and since they were open in january like some of the tables have got thousands of plays on them already nice. so it is super popular the arcade is so popular the i think for brisbane pinball club we had the highest uh, tournament attendance ever, which is close to 50 people mm, man. playing. And I got there about oh, probably about five. And uh, the great thing is you just go through and whenever one of the tournament tables is free, you just get on it, play your games, and then you got to, because of the new IFPA rules, you have to physically have someone to cite the score right. on the DMD and then verify your score. That's just yeah. the new rules. They have all these dudes just roving around, basically, tournament people roving around, so you never have to wait long. Um, and then you can, you know, choose to sort of just, you know, play a couple, have a drink, have a bit of food, and then do it all, or do all in one hit, basically, and then get them over and done with, and then just relax for the rest of the night and just catch up with people. And uh, that's what I chose to do. I thought, oh, no, I'll, I'll just get stuck in, play my games, um, and then have some dinner and uh, get it done. And uh, I did pretty well. So, so, so pick three tables that you want to uh, uh, kind of highlight for us. Okay. Uh, well, obviously the first one is a brand new Batman sixty six. Ah. Um, they had a um, the entry level version of that, which is the premium, because there is no pro for that table. Right. Um, so the entry level one, the the playfield is. Um, those of you who've been following Batman sixty six will already know that the playfield pretty much is the same as Black Knight. 
uh, with a few minor alterations. The the left hand side is a little bit, um, uh, I guess, shallower because if you remember Black Knight, there's this sort of a weird crane mechanism on the left hand side that sort of adds a oh, about an extra uh, ten centimeters to the left hand side of the playfield. Well, that's all stripped back in this. There's none of that. So the, the game itself, very early code. It's playing, I likened it to basically a System 11 table at the moment um, okay. for the rule set. Um, very easy to get things started on. You pretty much shoot the holes and shoot the flashing lights. Um, and that's about all you do. And you get scores. Um, the feature of the table is, I wouldn't say so much the crane. The crane's okay, but we've seen that before. It's the same crane that was in Dark Knight. But the other feature is the rotating playfield up the top. So there's actually three sizes of the playfield. Um, one of them is a telephone that you hit, and it's got a magnet in front of the um, the rotating playfield that grabs the ball. There's another one that has like a, a sort of like a spinning disc in it, a la a little bit like um, Austin Powers spinning disc. If you ever played that game, yes. but without yeah, Austin Powers, and, <laughs> but without Austin Powers on the top. Um, and the third one is, I'm trying to remember. Um, I think it's, oh, I can't really remember what it is. It's like some sort of locking mechanism. Um, and, you know, it's fine. Uh, the upper play field seems to be okay at the moment. It's fun to hit it. I think once they get better code, it'll be much more deeply integrated into the game. That'll be good. Um, the ramps, though, are tight. Like, you really have to shoot for the ramps to get them, particularly the one at the top left, which is all the way up the back of the play field, like, long way up. And um, for some reason, the left loop always seems to be a bit janky. Like, um, I've tried to shoot it, and the ball just rattles around. It's sort of like, it's really, really tight. It's almost like they've had to cram in the ramp and the left loop um, into that area because of the rotating play field. And it just seems to rattle around in there all the time. Um, so you definitely have to dial yourself in to that shot when you're playing the game. So that was that one. Now, Batman I, I know, if, you, if, if, if you looked at uh, Jared's Twitter feed where he was uh, posting pictures, uh, the reason why he's been able to make the comparison to the Dark Knight so easily is because they have that table right next to <laughs> Batman 66. Yeah. They're side by side. It was very interesting to see. In fact, I got a lot of retweets from Stern for that photo. Mm. Um, and uh, that got a fair bit of traction on Twitter. So check that out if you want to have a look. Um, both machines, of course, presented really well. The 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 Batman 66's new screen, definitely a nice addition to Pinball. I think that's the perfect size screen for me. Yeah. Just big enough, right? It's really good. Yeah. But it's funny because it's such early code. When you go into status report, it still has the old style DMD, but in the middle oh. of the screen. With the with the proper filter and everything over it, so it still looks like dots, but it's still the old style DMD, which is funny, right? Um, so the second one that was worth um, pointing out was um, Ghostbusters Pro. Nah. Now, I've when Ghostbusters Pro and Premium came out, I was really disappointed about the feature disparity between the mm -hmm. two. The fact that it has the subterranean lock and it has all these cool features on it, metal ramps, but I don't know, not having actually played the premium and only having you play the pro still a really fun game like uh the the only thing that's a bit weird is the uh there's a left ramp and a right ramp the left ramp is pretty much the same shot angle as it is on the uh, premium and it just basically feeds around to the right flipper but there's a, a another ramp that's on the um 
pro only and that's the one that feeds the uh containment lock which would normally be a subterranean sort of subway playfield lock okay so um that one's weird you shoot the ramp and it sort of shoots up the ramp bashes into the side of the the, the left ramp which it sort of feeds onto goes all the way up to the top of the left ramp and then just sort of dribbles back down again and then gets diverted into the containment lock which is basically just a a, a metal diversion on the ramp that drops into the the lock area and okay you can really you can really tell they went uh, how are we going to cheat this out um <laughs> and put it onto the pro so we don't have to like do all that elaborate stuff and it it's if your table's clean and it um is shooting well that feed takes a while and it's just dead time so that's a bit of a, a bit of a pain but i will say this that the uh, light show on this game is intense. Uh, the containment lock multiball is by far, I think, probably one of the best light shows I've ever seen on pinball. It's basically because all the all the um, flashes, everything, it color changes, so oh, okay. it can flash whatever color you want. And what it does is all the red inserts in the game light up, and all basically all the red, all the flashes are going glowing red. And every time the siren goes, like. Uh, they just like flash and pulse and it's it's a level the sound is a level above the rest of the playfield because it's a multi-ball and it just like the first time it happened i went oh this is fantastic i've got yeah. to get this multi-ball again i have to get this multi-ball again when i play it it's such a cool mode to see um i end up getting on my first play ever on that game 400 million okay um which is pretty reasonable um then uh, subsequent game, games not so well on, but still okay. Uh, but yeah, it's a fun game. So definitely Batman 66 and Ghostbusters are a pick of the bunch at the moment for me. The other cool thing that um, uh, the site does is that every week they put a game on free play um, that you can just walk up to, play, no charge, no worries. You can just walk into the place, not spend okay. a cent on booze or food and just go and play a pinball, which is really cool. Yeah. Uh, last week was um, uh, Twilight Zone, and I think this week is Tron, which is the other one that was really nice. Okay. Um, a, a fully a Tron LE on location is very rare to see these days because yeah. they're so collectible. So this one was I, I've actually played this one in the collector's um, collection where he lives, and it was good to see it actually in the arcade. The one with full EL wire on the ramps. It had mm -hmm. the shaker motor in it. He even put in like under cabinet lighting LED strips, which no, just look amazing. And the playfield was really good condition. He's got all Gliffy protectors on the um, sorry, Gliffy protectors on the um, holes and everything. So there, everything's really sharp on it. Um, and it was playing really well. Brutal game, but playing really well. So yeah, that were the highlights. Um, nice. And and how far away? Uh, what kind of a drive is this for you? Uh, for me, it is basically a couple of suburbs away from where I work. So if I was sneaky, I could go for a long lunch there um, <laughs> and and pack a couple of games and have a beer and then get to the, get the train back. So it's nice. much better, much better than the Gold Coast, which, albeit has a lot bigger collection of new Sterns, um, is may as well be in Sydney as far as right. me getting to it easily. Right. So yeah, this Netherworld is like a little oasis of pinball on the inner north. It's fantastic. And you know, uh, I read a I read an article where the uh, 
of course the guy was an arcade operator and he was refuting uh, a statement that was made on Kotaku by one of their writers in Japan that uh, the arcade scene is dead essentially. Oh, really? And this guy was like, it's not dead. You know, I have this many machines and you know, it's, it's lively and everything. And I, I did what I rarely do, which is just, you know, make a comment because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> the comment section is like rife with ill, but there was only three other comments. So I was like, okay, this isn't the, uh, you know, troll central or whatever. But I, I, I kind of made the statement of the arcade scene is dead from the standpoint of, I have an 11 year old boy who has no clue about arcades, doesn't know where an arcade is and has no desire to go to an arcade. Um, yeah. You know, and you, although you can call a Chuck E. Cheese an arcade, no, it's not. That's not an arcade. Not. That's, you know, and you cannot call a bowling alley that has three machines in it an arcade. You know, no, I'm talking no. about what used to exist, which was in every single mall there was an arcade. And usually, maybe not in every single town, but every third town, there was a dedicated arcade, you know, that kids could go to after school and you know go play in whereas today yeah. it's an event you got to drive to go find one of these you know i live in southern california i'm uh you know i'm nine miles as the crow flies uh from disneyland mm -hmm. and if i want to go play pinball i have to drive 30 miles into los angeles to find an arcade that has a significant amount of pins and that's going to pins and needles um, yeah right and I, there might be, I know that there's a, a, a barcade that has pinball, but again, that's catering to the adult audience. There's nothing for the, you know, the kids to go to and play, uh, you know, the, yeah. that was the, that was the similar to what an arcade is, you know, what I grew up with in the eighties and the nineties. Um, mm. so it's, that's where I say, no, the arcade scene is dead. You know, there's definitely it's, pockets and availability of it coming back, but it's, the FEC or the Family Entertainment Center that yeah. we once knew and once spent all our money and really is a dying a dying breed. Well, uh, and, and the, the other thing is, I'm sorry, but redemption games are not arcade games. No, they're not. They're that's, really not. That's a different kind of... When I think arcade games, I'm thinking of video games. Now, one of the problems is that most of the video games that, you know, the type of games that I used to think about, well, that's, that's what's being put out on your 99 cent phone apps. You know, that's right. That's, yeah. that's what those are. So now, yeah. So now what do you wind up with? You wind up with these, you know, eight bank racing games or, you know, these gargantuan games that they put into Dave and Buster's. Um, and the thing is, is that they're costing, you know, three to five bucks to play. So again, there's a cost factor. It's not the, Hey, I've yeah. got a couple of quarters in my pocket. Let's put them in. And to, you know, today I understand it wouldn't be a couple of quarters to be, you know, I've got five bucks. Let me, yeah. you know, spend that on, on some tables and stuff. Um, That's right. so yeah, it's, it's a different thing. I found myself, uh, at a laser tag place last weekend oh, yeah. <laughs> that my son was playing at and lo and behold, they had a T2 machine. And I was oh, like, right. great. So let me go play this. Now they had a whole bunch of other uh, games, but there was all redemption games, basically. Yeah. So I'm sitting there playing T2, and the next thing I know, I got you know three or four kids looking at me, you know, watching watching me play right. pinball. What is this and, thing? And right, and one of them said exactly what I've thought they would say, which was, 
so do you earn tickets with this? Yeah. And I looked at them and I went, hell no. <laughs> I nope. go, you do this surely for the fun of doing it. Oh. Yeah. Kind of no, walk away. No, he didn't walk away. He actually watched a little bit longer. And but you realize that this it is one of those cases where it's like, what is this foreign thing? You know, and it makes you wonder yeah. when they walk by one of these, if they've never seen somebody play a pinball machine, they've got to wonder, well, what how do you win tickets out of I don't understand what what is it you do? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Whereas and, it used uh, to be just in innate language that we understood, you know. It's like, oh pinball. Yeah, we go there because we want to play pinball. Exactly. That's interesting. The, the cool thing that the world do is that, you know, it's a really good point you raise about, you know, arcades or barcades not really being something that kids can go to. And a lot of the time that's because of liquor licensing laws right. in the state. And certainly in Queensland, um, minors have to be accompanied by an adult if they're on premise during liquor licensed hours. Mm. But Netherworld are smart. They've got around that legally. What they do is on Saturdays and Sundays, they open up, I think it's Saturdays at least, maybe Sundays as well, but they open up the doors at about 9 o'clock in the morning and then close them at 11.30 before the 12 o'clock liquor license comes into effect. And during that time, you and your kids can go there and there's discounts on tokens and you can play for two or three hours there. Oh, nice. Um, and they serve, you know, like just sodas over the bar and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So, and like, you know, kid-friendly food. And so you can actually take your kids to what is basically an arcade. Right. Um, it's just not accessible to them all the time. But at least these guys are smart enough to go, yeah, you know what? There is a market out there for mums and dads who actually want to yeah. take their kids along. Let's actually make it possible. And I do think this is where the advantage, you know, why there has been an uptick of interest in pinball, um, why uh, there's this idea that it might, uh, you know, have a small resurgence, not obviously not the, the heights of what it used to be, but, you know, why mm. you're starting to see these things pop up. And that is because it is so inherently different in physical form than it is in digital form. It um, is. It's this it's a machine. That's all there is to it. It's a very tactile. Um, and that makes a huge difference. And so I think that if you can just educate kids um, as to what this thing is, that they'll take to it. Um, obviously, you don't have to educate the adults about it. Um, so I, like, that, that, I like the idea of what you're saying, that, that they are, are opening at least hours that kids can come in and, and freely play these things. You've actually got to let the kids fall in love with it just the same way as we did when we right. were little and right. or younger. And the, the the fact is that most of the places out there, the kids would never fall in love with it because they're set too hard and <laughs> they're designed to eat the eat the money. And they don't they like if you're new to pinball, I remember when I was like twelve or thirteen trying to play, and like I'd have a dollar maximum. Yeah. yeah. Or maybe two dollars. Yeah. And it would not last long for me, but I still, it was still like, you know what? I still enjoy this. When yeah. you put it up against something like I could spend $2 and play two games of pinball, maybe like three, if it was like $2 with bonus, um, or I could go and pump $2 into a ticket machine and run away with a few lollies at the end of it. Right. Well, you know, it's a tough sell, right? Yeah. So yeah, you can see why kids gravitate to the other, types of amusement. So there's everybody's mission. Mm. Adopt a kid and uh, mentor them in pinball. Oh. Yeah. <laughs>
to show them the uh, show them how your misspent youth has turned you into the person that you are today. Right. See, if yeah. I was if I was right. if I was of the mind of what I'm preaching to do, I should have you know when these kids were standing around, be like, here you want to go and have them have a ball. But you know what? I was so just like, oh my god, I found a pinball machine. I'm gonna play this. So you know, yeah, it's pretty good. You're basically like a a 14 year old teenager that had all the dollars lined up on the machine right. going, no man, I'm on this now. Don't look at me like that. <laughs> yeah. This machine is mine. Mine. <laughs> yeah, totally. So yeah, if you're in the Brisbane region, I would thoroughly recommend getting onto um, Netherworld Arcade. They've actually got a, uh, on, on the food front just quickly, because you know, we do like to talk about food here on, on the blog. Oh, yeah. They actually it's have um, a vegan menu. And um, before you go, um, the vegan menu can be carnivorized. Pretty much every single thing on the menu you can add pulled pork to, or some sort of some sort of slow cooked meat. Well, that um, sounds more like it's a vegetarian menu, not a vegan menu. Yeah, it is. Well, no, it's vegan. Like because if, if it was vegan, they wouldn't be serving any kind of meat in the place. <laughs> oh, I think it's well. I think everything's prepared separately, and it's all isolated and all that sort of stuff. I don't, I don't know. know, man. If you if you're Morrissey, he's gonna come in and be like, "Oi, none of that in there." <laughs> <laughs> no meats, no meats no on the meats. table. Not, there are no orcs here. Uh, <laughs> so you, uh, I don't know if I don't know. Boy, tangent here uh, before we close out the show. Um, yeah. I don't know if you've ever heard of what Morrissey does at his concert venues that he goes no. to. Um, obviously, Morrissey is a uh, ginormous vegan of epic proportions. Yeah. Uh, why else would he name one of his albums meat is murder? Um, <laughs> but uh, he's he has somehow more clout than even Paul McCartney when it comes to this stuff. In that, if he goes to a concert venue, they are not allowed to serve any meat whatsoever at the venue. Wow! So all their kiosks that are from burger joints and stuff. Those are closed down. You cannot buy any of that. All you can buy is vegan uh, vegan food and stuff. Right. Now, it goes even worse <laughs> is that yeah. none of the employees are allowed to be seen eating things like a hot dog or whatever on the premises when he is there. Oh. When wow. he goes to a talk show, same rules apply. The All the craft service, all the catering that the crew eats Nope, cannot have any meat whatsoever. Otherwise, he will walk. He won't do the show. Wow. Yeah. What a prima donna. Right? <laughs> That's <what> I can <laughs> say. <laughs> Dude, don't enforce your beliefs on other people. <laughs> if people want and to apparently, apparently, Paul McCartney has tried similar things. You know, obviously, Paul is a, a huge a proponent of veganism, too. And you would yeah. think if anybody, you know, has the clout, it's McCartney. And yeah. nope, he's not been able to pull off what Morrissey has been able to pull off crazy so it'd be crazy man on that note let me tell you about the pizza i ate that uh the other yeah. day uh we've gone full in the snack territory wow we haven't done this in a while um yeah. <laughs> so at little caesar's uh pizza they have what they call the smokehouse pizza and oh. this is a instead of marinara sauce it's got barbecue sauce cheese and then it was uh pulled pork uh brisket and bacon and then oh, the yeah. crust and then the crust is sprinkled with the best I could describe it as the same stuff that's on your barbecue chips. Um, oh. And now the reason why I say it was not pizza was because it tastes like a barbecue sandwich and does not satisfy the pizza urge 
in the least, <laughs> it's like, you know, there's a distinct taste to pizza. This tastes nothing like pizza. It tastes everything like a barbecue sandwich. So it's good. Yeah, just, it sounds great. Just it's not pizza. It, it's it, not yes, pizza. it comes on a round piece of bread and there's melted cheese on it, but that's about Everything the similarity. Is... Wow, that sounds so good though. I would, I would. Doesn't know that. That's all it was on it, John. Meat, yeah. meat. <laughs> yeah, wow, that sounds great. Lock me in for one so, of those next time over there. To, to those of you in America, uh, I don't because I doubt that Little Caesars has uh, flown across the pond there. Pizza, pizza. Nope. Um, <laughs> it's it, it's worth the it's worth the try. It's pretty good as opposed to their uh, loaded cheesy bits, which were nasty beyond belief. So yeah, we've done some unholy things to pizza over here in Australia. We've put, you know how I think it was Domino's had the concept of stuffed crust pizza. Yes, I'm sure we had those right. Yes, we've done unholy things to our pizza <laughs> over here. We have actually done stuffed crust hot dogs in <laughs> in the rim of the pizza like <laughs> the the red savoy sausages that you so like hate that you had when you were over here in Australia they were right. in, in the crust of the pizza oh but my God. it doesn't stop there we actually had meat pie stuffed crust pizzas so Im- imagine a pizza yeah. and then around it these little round meat pies Sort of around where every joint is in the pizza. Uh huh. That that is the ungodly creation that we had. So <laughs> it was it was the most horrific thing I think I've ever seen, and I don't think they sold very much of it at all. But yeah, it, it was just stop the nightmares now. <laughs> it's some sort of Cthulhu of a pizza, um, <laughs> and it's it was just horrible. So yes, we we need to learn some things about pizza here. I think the only time I've taken a bite of pizza and put it back down was uh, there's this. I think it, I think it's called CC's. It's like a, a a pizza buffet, if you will. So instead okay. of you know most buffets where it's you know they bring out different things on various occasions, this is just there's 20 different flavors of pizza out, and as they disappear, then they replace them with another you know thing of the same item. But anyway, mm-hmm. they had a <laughs> a peanut butter and jelly pizza. Oh. Yeah, and, and I went. Eh, why not try this? I mean, because you know, you just pull a slice and you put it on your plate like a buffet, right? And so I was like, oh, yeah, I'll try a piece of this. It was so nasty. <laughs> it just <laughs> that sounds terrible. Like I said, I took one bite and was like, mm, I think I'm maybe putting that one to the side. Now on the flip yeah. side, that's where I got introduced to uh, macaroni and cheese on top of pizza. Oh. Good. All right. <laughs> I would never think to put that stuff on top of the well, pizza. They, instead, of, instead of putting a uh, red sauce down, they put a basically an Alfredo sauce. Ah. So it's Alfredo sauce with then basically Kraft macaroni and cheese on top. And no, it's pretty good. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Again, the things you'll try when you're at a pizza buffet, <laughs> um, and, as opposed and, to if you're ordering uh, it yourself. <laughs> why risk? You know, what's the risk? Except I don't eat it at a buffet. That's fine. You know, you exactly. totally do it. You can put anything on a pizza and people will probably eat it. <laughs> okay. Well, you know what, Jared? I think we have flown so far off the handle on uh, this episode. We should probably wrap it up. Uh, yeah, probably should. We probably should. Okay. So, folks, here's the deal. If you want to uh, torment Jared or I on Twitter, you may do so. 
Myself, I am at Shut Your Traps. Jared is at Jared Morris. If you have anything that you want to talk about related to the show, please give us a tweet at Blockade. Give us a follow, too. Then you can also, uh, if you feel like writing long form, which I tend to do, and it's what makes Twitter very difficult for me, um, drop us an email. Yeah. We are blah, blah, blockade at gmail.com. Why don't you visit our website, blockadepinball.com. There you will find all of our past episodes. Jared is so kind to break them down into uh, show timing so you can skip fast forward to your favorite parts, know what's in them. Plus, he'll also uh, post links to the things that we talk about in the show. Makes it easy to uh, click and not have to remember what the heck is going on. As for what we're going to do next time, God only knows. So tune in. Remains to be seen. Yes. (laughs) Whatever happens this week, we'll talk about it. Exactly. As it happens, we talk. That's why we do this on a weekly basis now, as opposed to when we used to do it on a monthly basis, and we'd be like, "But, but, I want to, oh man, I gotta save that." So now we don't have yeah, to do that. Yeah, exactly. It's good. It is good. Alrighty. On that note, folks, thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time on the Blockade. Au revoir. Hey, did you eat that candy? No. <laughs> ah. <laughs> wizardamusement.com, the site to visit for custom pinball shooter runs. Easy to install, totally unique. Mention Blockade Podcast for 10% off your order. wizardamusement.com, sales, restoration, customization. Don't forget to leave a review on iTunes or your favorite podcast hosting service that Blockade is delivered to. You can't improve unless you tell us how. Now stop listening, play some pinball.